Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. This is Elizabeth McNulty, and I'm joined today with Megan Crow and Liz Linovy. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining me. Today, we are going to talk about Something that is a little bit haunting for some lawyers, maybe some have fond memories, maybe some don't like to talk about it. We are going to talk about the bar exam. So for maybe some non-lawyers, bar exam is the exam you have to take to become a lawyer in most states. Some states you don't actually have to take it. Wisconsin's the only one I can think of. If you graduate from an accredited law school in Wisconsin, those lucky folks don't have to take the bar exam. Otherwise, you got to take a fun exam Either at the end of July or in February, those are the only times you can take it. It's in person, as far as I know, and it's two or three days in most states. This was top of mind for me, one, because people are about to graduate and begin their journey for studying for the bar. And two, one of my cousins who's in law school recently texted me and asked me, he was scheduling his classes for next year and asked if he should be taking classes to prepare him for the bar. And... I think that's different by school, but my advice was take whatever you want. Nothing prepares you for the bar in law school, which is silly and a whole nother topic. But really, just you buy a prep course, you take the prep course, you should be good to go for the bar. But I think that most law students aren't really satisfied with that answer because we just like love to study and love to be really fully, fully prepared for the exam that we perceive to decide our entire career. We're going to give you our best tips and tricks for studying for the bar and kind of making the most of that summer. I typically tell people that you probably do want to try to take some bar courses at least. Now, some of these are required, at least at SLU, where Megan, you and I went, where we graduated from. Your 1L year, your entire course structure is prepared for you. You're told what classes to take. I assume Washington University is the same for you. Yes, correct. Okay. And so all of those courses, with maybe the exception of legal research and writing, are technically bar exam courses. Constitutional law, property, civil procedure, criminal law, torts. Those are all topics that will then be covered on the bar exam. Where it gets a little tricky is then when you have to ask, do I want to take, for example, secure transactions? That could be a bar exam topic. The problem is that there are so many different topics that can be put on the bar exam and you don't know which ones will be or will be left off of the bar exams. Like when I took the Illinois bar, I think it was, one of the potential topics was like administrative law, which... I had never taken that class. I didn't know anything about. I don't remember studying it for the Missouri bar exam, but I remember someone telling me that an administrative law question hasn't been on the Illinois bar in so many years. It's really doubtful it's going to come back up again. So I just glossed over that topic. It turns out that the year I took the Illinois bar, I guess someone, you said, you know what we've been missing for a while? Administrative law. So it got tossed on there. And I had to do my best and just BS my way through that essay. 
You know, I think it is ultimately a personal call about whether or not you take bar exam classes, and that may be whether or not you feel like you're a good test taker. Backing up a little bit to the structure of the bar exam, so in Missouri, at least, there are two parts to the bar exam, writing part, and there is the multiple choice part. The multiple choice half of the exam is only devised up of, I think, six to eight topics. And those are your big 1L core classes, property, evidence, criminal law, constitutional law, contracts, those sort of things. The other half is where all of those other subjects can come in. My advice to law students, if they ask the question that Elizabeth posed, is to take the classes that are those big six or eight, even if they're not in your mandatory 1L curriculum. So, for instance, evidence was not in our mandatory 1L curriculum, but it's a class that I would recommend law students to take because it is one of those big multiple choice topics. Yes, there can also be essay or written parts that deal with evidence, but something like administrative law will never show up in a multiple choice question, at least in Missouri. Um, That's only going to be on the written part, and you're not sure if you're going to get some of those. So those aren't as important to take in law school unless you're really interested and want to take them. But I would suggest that taking those multiple choice questions that you know there's going to be a chunk of on the bar exam is going to be helpful in the long run. As far as my biggest other tip for getting ready to prepare for the bar exam is to trust the bar prep course that you take. If you're like me, you have trust issues maybe with knowing for sure whether this bar prep course is going to prepare you for everything that you need to know for the bar exam. One of the scariest things for me is the unknown. So I was thinking, do I need to supplement this bar course with individual studying or where else do I have to go to study or get knowledge to pass the bar exam? And I'm here to put your mind at ease that the bar prep course really is going to teach you what you need to know. They're going to give you the materials to set you up for success. And the most important thing that I took away from the bar prep course that I did, I personally did Barbary. I know there's three big ones, Barbary, Themis, and Kaplan. And at least for, I can speak to Barbary, they do a really good job with not only preparing you for the subjects that you need to know, but also recognizing patterns in the questions themselves that are actually going to be on the bar exam. So the questions that Barbara gives you are real past bar exam questions. They're not just made up or a format that you're not going to see. They are real. The bar exam really does conform to that pattern. And even like really specifically with the the substance of the questions themselves, you're going to start to recognize patterns. So my biggest tip and trick is to trust the bar prep course that you take. I also took Barbary and agree with everything you said, Megan, about trusting the course. This is obviously designed by people whose entire objective is to get as many of their users and customers to pass the bar exam as possible. So they have really developed a very specific curriculum to ensure that happens. My big piece of advice is if you do use one of these programs, whether it is Barbary, Themis, or Kaplan, typically they come with videos where you can watch the professor. One, watch those videos, do the homework assignments that come with them, 
But three, when you watch the videos, you can increase the speed. <laughs> You'll notice that at the bottom, there's a little one X. You can click on that and you can make it go as fast or as slow as possible. For me personally, I watched all of those videos on two times the speed and it would just helped me fit more time in to get other things done. I had more time to do an additional practice essay. I had more time to fit in maybe 10 more multiple choice exam questions. And it really just makes it feel like you're not dragging on and it's spending so much of your day just watching a video. And if it's especially if it's on a topic that you already know and you're just trying to get a refresher course on, it will help you feel like you are maximizing your time. The one downside to it is that you will then expect everything to be at two times speed. So watching television and movies, it will take some time to adjust back to normal human speaking rates. But that 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 changed my entire dynamic of studying once I learned that you could do that. That's a that's an excellent tip. Yep. Going back just a little bit on whether what courses you should take in law school, I think one thing to consider is your school's bar passage rate and what they recommend for that because they know what classes students took that, you know, passed or failed. And that might give you an insight into whether you need to do a little bit more or if just a regular course load will suffice for as far as bar passage goes. But agreed, buy a course. It's worth the money. I think that a lot of people find it irritating because they've paid a bunch of money to go to law school and now they have to shell out a few grand to take a course to, in order to pass the bar. But it's well worth the money because, as we talked about, you don't learn everything in law school necessary to pass the bar. And the whole point of the course is to teach you everything you need to know. The number one piece of advice that I got and I continue to give people who are about to take the bar is finish the course. These companies publish their bar passage rates, and those are based on people who finish the course, people who get to 75% of the course. At least for Barbary, if you finish the course, they have a 99% pass rate or something like that. So that's a, that should just be your goal. I didn't supplement studying at all. In fact, when I graduated from law school, I was working here as a clerk, and I'd been hired on, but I continued to work the entire summer while I was studying for the bar. But the week of my graduation, the team I was working with at the time had started a two-week MedMal trial. And so I worked on that the week of graduation and then the week after. I didn't start studying for the bar until after Memorial Day. And I was thought that it was fine. And I realized I was well behind what other people had started. And I had to spend a good chunk of time like catching up. But I was able to finish. I was obviously a little bit more stressed out than other people just because with the course, it gives you expectations of where you should be given how close the bar is coming up. But as long as you pace it out, you can do it at whatever pace you want to. Lots of people I knew treated it like a job, just nine to five. That's what they did in law school, too. And I think that's the easiest way to do it. I'm sure there are people out there who waited until July to start studying, and those people were probably super, super stressed out. But the number one thing is just to make sure you give yourself enough time to finish the course and you really should be okay. You shouldn't have to supplement it, but if that will make you feel better, I think that the idea of the summer is to just get as comfortable as you can with the idea that it's going to be okay. I actually took two weeks off as well, not for the same reasons, but after my graduation, before I started studying. And this was on the advice and recommendation of one of 
the professors at my law school who specifically was in charge of the bar prep program. And she advised that if you start like two weeks after graduation, you still will have enough time to finish the bar prep course, assuming that you stick to a schedule, training it like a job, studying six hours or so a day, you will have time. And I did that. And I honestly felt thoroughly prepared by the end of the summer with also giving myself some time to relax after finishing finals. Uh, I will say I didn't finish completely the course. I think I finished 80 to 85 percent of it. But that is because when you get to the end, I would 100 percent recommend doing all of the first month or so is videos and a lot of drilling. At the end, it gets more practice on your own style. And towards the end, I was able to recognize what I was already competent at and what I needed more work at. So I tailored my studying a little bit to doing fewer essays because I know I could write a good essay and drilling multiple choice a lot more. And so in that sense, I don't think I finished all the essays that the course offered, but I did feel like I was using my time in those last two weeks wisely by drilling what I needed to do. So I endorse what Elizabeth said, finish the course, but I also think there is some merit to, at the end, big, huge asterisks, wait till the end to tailor your study to your own needs. Because I do think that doing everything as instructed or as planned out by the course in the very beginning, six weeks or so, is extremely necessary. The number one question I get from law students is, when do I need to start studying? I tell them the same thing every time, which is take a breather if you can. If you're not like Elizabeth, the ultimate overachiever who was already in trial. But if you've got the time to take off, wait till after Memorial Day. Maybe even try to plan a trip. Have something to look forward to. Enjoy your time. And that's what I did. I went down to Memphis Memorial Day weekend after I graduated for just a little bit of time away. Now, did I take my bar book with me just to look at in the car a little bit? Yeah, I thumbed through it just to get an idea of what the summer was going to look like for me. But from then on, my June and my July, I focused entirely for bar prep studying. Now, similarly, Elizabeth, I was also trying to work that summer. My job was not here, but they had invited me and said, look, if you want to spend a couple hours in the office just to familiarize yourself with the technology, familiarize yourself with the office. We'll give you a couple little assignments here and there. Come on in. And I did that for the first couple of weeks in June. And then after July, specifically, I remember after the 4th of July was when I said, I can't come in anymore. It's go time. And that's my lines of demarcation. Memorial Day weekend is when you need to start your study plan. 4th of July is when you need to fully dedicate yourself to the bar exam. As far as what my study practice was, I was told if I think Barbary maybe had some sort of statistic of 100 percent of people passed if they committed at least 500 hours to studying for the bar exam. 500 hours sounds like a lot. But when you break it down, let's say you've got 10 weeks theoretically before the bar, that's 50 hours a week. And that's that's a full time job plus a little bit extra. But that's really the only job you should be working during that summer. Now, obviously, that's not going to work for everyone. I understand some people have to work because they've got responsibilities. You got bills to pay. And our advice may not be for you. You may need to come up with a different strategy as far as studying goes. You just got to make sure you give yourself enough time. This might be a situation where maybe you start studying while you're still in school, if you know you have to work that summer and you're not going to be able to dedicate a full 50 hours a week. But that's 
well, I was luckily in an economic situation where I was being financially supported that summer by my family. So I was able to fully just focus on studying. As far as what my strategy was, I did everything that I was supposed to as far as taking the tests and watching the videos. But what I find for my own personal study method is that if I write it down, the more I write it down, the more I can get it into my head. And so what I found is that after I would finish in the evenings, after I finished my whatever the course material was that the bar plan gave me, I would then sit down in front of the TV so I could have some relaxation and I would also just rewrite my notes from the day. And I'd rewrite them onto a note card and that way I would also have my note cards and if I had downtime, I could just flip through my note cards just to continue to quiz myself, but I didn't have to carry around that big bar book everywhere. And I remember that summer I binge watched all of the seasons of Columbo. I watched so much Columbo every night while just doing my little note cards from my day of studying the bar. And that was the personal method that worked for me. Obviously, you have to know whatever your study method is. Some people are visual learners. Some people are auditory learners. Figure out what works for you. If you're an auditory learner, then maybe download some podcasts. There are podcasts entirely dedicated to bar exams. I found YouTube videos where I would play the YouTube video while I was doing my makeup or my hair if I needed to go somewhere. In the rare occasion, I actually had to be somewhere. I would find something to just play in the background so I could listen to it. You have to find and be comfortable with whatever your study method is. And luckily, if you're already now getting ready for the bar exam, probably all you've done your entire life is study. The other thing that I found that was helpful was trying to find different locations to study, trying to change it up, change my scenery up. So some days I'd go to the public library. Some days I would go to my school library. If it was nice outside, I would study outside. The last tip that I tell people who are about to embark on their summer of the studying for the bar exam is actually something that I learned from another attorney here, which is get your apologies out now, meaning you need to find all the important people in your life and tell them, I'm really sorry for the person who I'm about to be for the next two months, but I promise you it will be worth it after I pass the exam. Just please give me some grace, be a little more patient with me, and I'll make it up to you after I'm a licensed attorney. And so that was a conversation I had with my mom, my sister, and my then boyfriend, now husband at the time of just be prepared for the monster I'm about to become but I promise I will make it up to you. And having that conversation early, I think made it a little bit easier when maybe I was more on edge and I snapped a little bit faster than I should have, or maybe I said something I shouldn't have, or I missed out on a family obligation that I otherwise would have re tried to make. Ultimately, you gotta do what's right for you. You have Everyone's individual circumstances are unique, but the bar exam ultimately is, it's really daunting. I know it's really scary. But it's doable. It's passable. You just got to put in the work and just hunker down for that time and, and make sure you're doing everything you can to set yourself up for success. Something that I would add to that is if this is something that interests you, find someone else who studies the same way as you do and work in a buddy system. Now, this isn't for everyone because some people like to study totally independently, but for me, something that worked well is finding one other person who had similar study philosophies to me. And we kept each other on track, and maybe we weren't actively studying together, we weren't talking, but finding someone who was on the same schedule as me 
I found motivating. So for instance, my sort of study schedule on any given day of bar prep was I'd go to a coffee shop by myself in the morning and watch the videos and that would be three-ish hours. And then for the next three hours, I'd change up my location. I'd maybe go to our law school or my home with someone else. And that is when we would do practice problems. And having someone else who was on a similar schedule as me was helpful, not only to keep motivated, but to ask questions if they came up because I knew they were on a similar part of their program as I was. And so that's something I enjoyed. Like I said, this may not be for everyone if you like studying independently, but it's something that helped me stay sane during it because I had someone else that I could talk to and keep on track with. I'm a solo studier, so I spent most of that summer in somewhat isolation, but it was nice because I got to, I came to the office and studied in my office here which kind of helped put me in the frame of mind and there weren't any real distractions other than the attorneys I work for at the time would come in and be like, hey, can you help with this? And be like, no, you need to leave my office now. I haven't had the luxury of being able to say that since. Take advantage of that while you can. <laughs> One thing for me, and it's a question I get a lot, is do I need to be studying on the weekends? And I think Liz touched on this. It really doesn't need to get serious until after July 4th, unless it will just make you feel better to be studying 24-7. I think that will lead to burnout. But if that's just the person you are, then keep at it. I think the advice for the bar exam is the same advice I give to students starting law school. You have already have the tools to be good at this, a good student, someone who can pass tests keep doing those same things. There's no need to change it up because you're about to start law school or you're about to take the bar. Like you already know how to study. Just keep doing those same things. There's no need to change it. And the other piece of advice I also give to law students and people about to take the bar, you need to block out the noise, not listen to your classmates, not listen to attorneys who have taken the bar and passed it, those people especially, because I said it a few weeks ago. I was talking to my mom and she was talking about someone who was studying for the bar or something. I was like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Like you can pass it so easily. And she was like, are you being serious? Do you not remember what you were like that summer? I was like, oh, okay. So I think the farther away you get from it, the easier it seems just because we think about the problems we face now as attorneys. You're like, I wish I could go back to studying for the bar and that being my biggest problem because now that seems like a cakewalk. So don't listen to lawyers and their advice outside of this <laughs> podcast. Hey, haven't we spent the last 20 minutes in lawyers giving advice? I know, but I feel like my advice now where you catch someone like in June or July, hey, you have any advice? And they're like, no, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. It's like, it's totally okay to worry about it. And it's like this, the thing that is like keeping you going is probably worrying about it. But don't get too worried about it. But like, it's going to be fine. You're going to get through it. One of the most jarring things to me going into the exam, and you were talking about this before, Megan, I don't want to talk to anyone right before the exam, but apparently I was in the minority because everyone like it was in a hotel, and, like everyone in the hotel lobby was just like chit chatting. And I was just like, so caught off guard. Like, I remember I walked by this group of girls and they like opened up their circle if I wanted to start talking to them. And I was like, I absolutely do not want to talk to you. I'm like at a 10 on the stress level. So no, I don't think so. No, surely not you. I'm a chit chatter. But I was just really surprised at how relaxed some people were and not just, I was just like a 
pent up ball of stress at the time. So I just wasn't like into that. But I thought it was interesting. Not only should you not listen to the uh, attorneys or maybe people who've already been through this who are trying to make you feel insecure. I would also add to that. Don't give in to the fear mongering, for lack of a better term, from other law students who are going through it. I remember hearing about some of my classmates who were purportedly studying 12 hours a day, Monday through Sunday, had no breaks, were killing themselves over it. And I was doing a lot of work, but not that much work. I would take Sundays off or I'd only study a half day on Saturdays until the end when I was really studying every day. But I was like, am I not doing enough? I feel I'm on track with the program, but I feel now behind after talking to you and Maybe those people were really doing that. Maybe it was a tactic. But just trust yourself and trust that the program is going to get you there again, going back to that. But as long as you feel like you're studying in the best way that works for you and enough time to keep on track with how the program is structured, you're going to be just fine. Elizabeth, I'm still laughing about your story of these, I'm sure, delightful women who tried to welcome you in and a wonderful act of sisterhood and you were like nah <laughs> it's not a good time for me it makes me think when I took the Illinois VAR exam I was in Chicago for the exam and I'm not particularly familiar with Chicago I've been there a handful of times but it's a much bigger city than what I'm used to and I remember getting lost between where I had to park and where the exam was and it was in a downtown area so it was giant and so many other people and other things going on and this woman saw me looking a little bit lost and she said are you trying to find where to take the bar exam and I said yeah I am and she goes oh just follow me I'm that's where I'm walking now and I said she's so confident okay great I'll follow you so I start walking alongside her and I'm a nervous talker when I'm nervous I want someone to talk to me to help me get my mind off of things so I start asking her questions and she about three questions in goes ah I'm going to stop you now. I, I need to study. I'm looking at my flashcards right now, so I can't talk, but I will get you there. But we have to walk in silence. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> no, that's great. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. But that's how I found my way there. That kind woman took some pity on me, and I hope she passed. I hope she is enjoying the practice now. But I do remember, and maybe this is an urban myth, this might be just something that law students tell themselves but I remember, but it's something I've reminded myself all the time to make myself feel better when I would get a practice test back and I looked like I had just bombed it. Allegedly, these bar prep courses will put incredibly difficult questions into their practice exams so that you are flunking. And apparently, the real bar exam has different gradations of difficulty. There's like a one through four. And it, the way they decide how they are, if it's a one, level one, an easier question or a level four, a very difficult question is based on the number of students who get it right. And so if m the majority of students are getting it right, it's a level one. If only a handful of students are getting it right, it's a level four. And they try to have an even distribution of one through four questions. This is what I was told, that when we are studying Barbary, Themis, Kaplan, whoever are intentionally loading up the exams with threes and fours so that we are failing 
in an effort to make us feel bad about ourselves so we study more. That is what someone told me, and I said, that sounds reasonable. I'm going to roll with that theory. And so whenever I would flunk another practice exam, I would be like, it's because it was full of threes and fours. That wasn't my fault. That's not what the real exam's going to look like. And I have no idea if that's true or not, but I think maybe it's important to just possibly lie to yourself to just help you stay a little bit sane that summer. And the last thing I'll say is heading into the bar exam, I was talking to an attorney I was going to work for, and I was just relaying how nervous I was. I had worked so hard and I had studied so hard. And what if it was all for nothing? And I'm going into this. And he said, whoa, let me ask you this. Is there anything else you feel like you could have done? Genuinely, not I could have taken another test, but really substantively, is there anything else you feel you could have done? And I sat back and I thought about how much work I had put into it. And I said, no, I think I've done about everything I can do. And he said, okay, just carry that attitude in with you when you go to take the test. Remember, when you sit down, you tell yourself, you have done everything you can do, and now it's you're going to put up or shut up. And look, if you don't, if you don't pass the exam, it's not the end of the world. Full disclosure, the night before the bar exam results were released, I crawled into the bathtub in our apartment fully clothed. It was an empty bathtub, but I was spiraling because I was so nervous. And I sat in the bathtub and I got on my phone and I googled successful people who have failed the bar exam to make myself feel better. And some of those names included people like FDR, Michelle Obama, Kamala Harris, John F. Kennedy. And I thought to myself and I said, oh, these are all wildly successful people. Okay. Okay. It's okay if I, if it's okay if I fail, I can try again. It's not going to be the end of the world. And I tell this story partially because to your point, Elizabeth, of I can look back on the bar exam eight years later and say, oh, it wasn't that bad. That summer wasn't that bad. You all are freaking out about nothing. Just chill. But now actually sitting here thinking about what I was like that summer, I was a mess. Truly, I was a mess. And you know what? It's okay to be a mess. You are under intense pressure doing something that you've never done before. But ultimately, you will find and you will be able to look back on that summer and realize just how doable it was and how competent and capable you are. I would be remiss if I didn't impart some advice that I received that felt groundbreaking to me at the time I was taking the bar exam in uh, assuading my anxiety. And maybe it's not advice so much, but perspective. And I'm going to use the rule against perpetuities as an example, because this is a notoriously hard topic in law school that everyone hates and no one understands. But the advice that I received is, say there is a topic that you really are not getting. Well, that topic is one little piece of a broader subject that is one small piece of a broader test. So when you think about it, the rule against perpetuities is a topic within property. Property is one eighth of the multiple choice questions. So at most you're going to get what, I don't know, 40 maybe questions that have to do with property. 
So when you have to test over all of property, the rule against perpetuities is really only going to be maybe one or two questions. So if you're really going to spend your time studying the topic of property, don't put all the hours into trying to understand the rule against perpetuity if you are really just not going to get it. Your hours are better spent drilling other things and drilling other parts of that subject. So if there's really one topic that you aren't getting and you're really nervous about it, just skip it. It, spend your time elsewhere. Obviously, you can't do this with every topic that you don't get. But if there's, <laughs> but if there's one thing that you really are like, it's going to be more time for me to try and break it down and understand it than it, than it's worth. Just don't do it, and you're still going to pass that test. Thank you all for listening. I hope all of our future lawyers enjoyed and learned something this episode about how to not stress and try to enjoy your summer or I guess maybe your winter studying for the bar exam and good luck on all of your future endeavors. Thank you for listening and remember that we drop new episodes every Wednesday and if you want to reach out to us you can email us at comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law. Talk to you next Wednesday. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by the Simon Law Firm. At the Simon Law Firm PC we believe in the power of pooling resources in order to create powerful results. We often lend our trial skills and experience to lawyers around the country to achieve better results for their clients. Our attorneys welcome the opportunity to work with you on your case, offering vast resources, seasoned litigators, and a sterling reputation. You can contact us at 314-241-2929. And if you enjoyed the podcast, feel free to share your thoughts with Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth, and Megan at heelsinthecourtroom.law. And subscribe today because the best lawyers never stop learning.